0: Rugby KO, a podcast that pulls no punches. We deliver rugby insights from passionate enthusiasts from the grassroots to the global game. Players, punters, professionals and partners providing uncensored opinions on how the sport of rugby can thrive again. Growing the game from the grassroots. Now time to hear from this week's Grassroots Gun, with your host, Katrina Oxenham.
1: Josh Fluke started playing rugby at six years old for the Brothers Rugby Club in Queensland. He continued at the club through to playing Colts and then first grade in 2019 at the age of 17. He was part of the Brothers Rugby Club squad that took part in the Queensland Premier Rugby Grand Final that year. He played in the first 15 for Nudgee College for two years in 2018 and 2019, winning the GPS competition with the team. Last year, he was captain of the Australian Under-18 team and also captain of the Australian Schoolboys. He received acclaim when named Queensland Under-19s Player of the Year in 2019. Josh has also secured his name in the Junior wallaby squad for the Oceania Rugby Under-20s Championship. He plays at outside centre and has come through the pathways, including the Queensland Reds Academy, and is a very promising young talent. I talked to Josh about his training, some wonderful highlights and insights and his career so far in the sport that he loves. Hey Josh and welcome to Rugby KO. Thank you Trina, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure, it's great to have you. So listen, last year uh, Josh you were named Queensland Under-19s Player of the Year in 2019. You also captained the Under-18 Australian Schoolboys side when you played against New Zealand. Can you tell us a little bit about your pathway? You're now playing at the Reds. So can you tell us a little bit about your pathway from Nudgee College, where you went to school, club rugby at Brothers up there in Queensland, through the Reds Academy and to where you are now playing and debuting this year for the Queensland Reds?
2: Yeah, sure. So I started my footy career back in, uh, at Brothers in about under sixes. So I played there right the way through, and then was playing at Nudgee as well uh, from grade five onwards up to all the way through to grade twelve. So I was lucky enough to play play in the first fifteen for grade eleven and twelve. So I uh, went undefeated in my grade twelve year, and then drew the premiership with TSS in my grade eleven year. So it's pretty special. Didn't didn't lose too many games, which was nice. <laughs> um, and then coming out of Nudgee, I was lucky enough to get put in the Reds under Reds Academy side, which was We were all, it was about under 20s. So coming out, I didn't really think that I was going to get put into that because I was still a bit young. But I got the opportunity to do that last year and it was really good. It allowed me to play with some older boys, um, get around and hang out with them. So I got to learn a lot of them as well, which was nice. And then last year I started off Colts for Brothers. Uh, Played majority of the season uh, for the Colts boys. But then towards the back half of the season, I played a bit of time in red reserve grade and ended up playing in uh, premier grade for the final series because I'm um, one of the wingers for the prem grade side, uh, Dee's Hemi, so I got the call-up, which was special. I didn't think I'd be able to do that at such a young age, but no, it was very special. Yeah, since then, I did a majority of the pre-season for Reds, going back and forth from Reds to Reds Academy, back half of last year and to the start of this year, and then just at the start of this year being part of the Junior Wallaby site. So we had two camps before COVID hit before that. So that was pretty special as well. Got to meet some new boys from a couple of the other states and it's just they were able to teach me a whole lot more again. Same with all the coaching staff. you got the likes of like Jason Gilmore and Benny Mowen down there and Shannon Fraser. who are all very good coaches. And then just over the last couple of months, I guess, I got uh, – we've been training back with the Reds and um, – been, yeah, training there, learning off boys like Hamish Stewart, Hunt Sami and stuff like that. And um, just in the past three weeks, I've been lucky enough to sit on the bench for a couple of times and then make my debut uh, two weeks ago against the Melbourne Rebels down at Brookvale.
1: Yeah, how was that experience? That must have been pretty special.
2: Yeah, it was very nerve-wracking. Um, didn't think I was going to go on because uh, it was a very tight game. So when my name got called up, I was kind of like, Fiddling around trying to find my headgear and stuff like that and quickly went for a run to run to try and um, warm up But no, I I couldn't believe it when um, my name came through the mic to start to warm up. So yeah, it was very special
1: And how'd you go? I
2: made it didn't have to do too much. It was Got to be in the first super rugby extra time, which was pretty cool Yeah, because it was a game was drawn at uh, full time. So he got to play an extra 10 minutes which I didn't complain about because it allowed me to get extra 10 minutes on the field, which I wouldn't have had. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it was a really good experience to, like, just get in there and feel how, like, physical and uh, how much quicker it is compared to, like, other footy.
1: Yeah. And what about the crowd? They're pretty vocal crowd there, Brookvale?
2: Yeah, it was. And it was a good turnout for, like, two teams that are considered away teams because, yeah. obviously, Melbourne went then not out down there at the moment. So they parked up at Brookvale for the their home game, uh, but no, it was a good crowd. I was lucky enough to have my family came down and was um, seeing the crowd. So it was nice to get on and for them to be able to watch me get on. So yeah, it was really good.
1: That's special, yeah. And they said there were four other debutants, if I'm right, in that game against the Rebels. Do you think this is a rebuilding phase, giving opportunity to younger talent like yourself for both Australian rugby and also um, specifically Queensland rugby?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess so. Like, obviously up here, Thorny and Jim Mackay and Toddy are um, really pushing the youth through the system and they're backing us 100%, which is really good to know for like us younger boys coming through the system that like they're not scared to give us a shot if we work hard and show them that we're up to it, they're going to give us that shot. So, no, it's really good. But it's not like a rebuilding phase, I don't think. It's just like obviously at the moment like we're on top of the ladder so we've got a very strong side at the moment. Mm. So it's not a rebuilding phase but we've got the youth and the skill there to like have a young team and like it just sets up our future for the next couple of years because all the boys there at the moment are wanting to stay there. They're not looking to go anywhere else. So, yeah, no, it's really good.
1: And how have you found Brad Thorne as a head coach there? He seems to be quite a strong character and done a good job so far there and also the rest of obviously his team and the leadership group. Has he sort of helped with the team culture and how do you sort of rate him as a coach there at the Reds?
2: Oh, he's like, he's done what not many other people can do, playing both league and union. So, yeah, he's a really good coach on the field for footy time and stuff like that. But then just, like, off the field as well, like, you can sit down and have a chat to him because he's been there and he's done it all, so he knows what to say. He's not scary to walk up to an approach or anything like that. Like, I think sometimes he gets that perception about him, but he's a very humble bloke who will always be there to help you.
1: Yeah, great. And, listen, has there been any other sort of inspirations or mentors in your career so far?
2: I guess uh, at the moment I look up to Hamish Stewart a lot since coming into the team. He's like kind of taken me under his wing and like really shown me the ropes. But then it's also like back when I was really young, grade five or whatever, looking at like James O'Connor playing for the Wallabies and stuff like that. So to be able to like be around him, I'm just like, I'm in awe. I'm amazed. I don't like really believe it. (laughs) So no, it's very cool.
1: And so you play outside centre mostly, although you can also play on the wing, I believe. What specific skills are needed, and do you do sort of do some extra training outside of the team or squad training to hone in on those skills that you need at outside centre? Can you talk to us a bit about what you do, but also in general, what's needed for that position?
2: Uh, yeah, so I I um, believe that outside centre is like a very hard position to defend on the field. So, because you've got to, there's, a lot of threats coming at you. So for me, I tend to look at a lot of footage of the other team if we're coming up against them, just to get an idea of, like, what they have in their playbook. Like, if a guy has a right foot uh, kick or a left foot, like, when I'm coming up to defend him, I know that he's got that, like, under his belt, so I can kind of cover that. Um, But then also, like, I think a third... point for a 13 is also, like, their communication in... So they're that couple steps out from um, the number ten or the inside center for them to be able to make be able to make a call and send it into them into the ten and twelve. So for the thirteen to be able to have eyes up and play eyes up footy and be able to make that right call. Mm. Yeah,
1: I've seen you in some footage and it looks to me like you're pretty strong defensively as well. Do you think at outside center and the opposition, say, running through those channels where you are and historically and notoriously centre positions are attacking positions primarily, is it important and is it to your advantage to be strong defensively as outside centre?
2: Yeah, definitely. Because, like, as a 10, 12, 13 unit, you're like that, you're that front wall of defence. So we really pry on it ourselves on uh, not letting anyone get come through that channel. Yeah. So to be a strong defender at 13 and be able to, get up and make that dominant tackle just so that you can let the rest of your team get on that front foot and set the attacking team on the back foot. I think that's a really important thing to be able to have.
1: So would you do extra sort of defensive work or extra research on those players knowing whether they're left or right footed or extra, say, speed work if you are outside of the team environment?
2: Yeah, definitely. So generally after training, we have a... A uh, bit of time called craft, which will just go for ten to fifteen minutes, and all the it, the centres will get together and we'll work on something different after each session, whether it be uh, defence, so getting up and um, shutting down a play that we know that the opposition's going to run, or an attack like being able to uh, bounce to the outside and put like a little grubber kick in behind if the fullbacks come up, or something like that. So we'll always be working on something different, but it's also always taken back to the opposition that we're playing that week.
1: Yeah. Back to the Reds and the sort of team culture there. Do you have an ethos or do you have a winning philosophy? What what sort of culture is there at the Reds and what's instilled in you there at the Reds Academy, say, and right through to playing at the Reds where you are now?
2: Because we're all young, we're not very good at like losing. So we're all eager to win and stuff like that. So it doesn't it doesn't take much. We're all very happy to come to training and be active. Like we don't want to be sitting on a sideline or anything like that. So we're all very competitive amongst each other and that just creates that winning environment. Like anything that we do will get turned into a competition just like the snap of the fingers. Like it might not be a competition, but we'll just make it a competition, yeah. which is really good going to like a super rugby game or for academy, just like going against each other, because it just gives us that winning mentality, mm. which is a really big thing, I believe.
1: Yeah, and listen, you played for uh, Nudgee College. You played in the first fifteen for a couple of years there, and you won the GPS in Queensland. What was the experience like at schoolboy rugby?
2: Ah, uh, it was unbelievable. Like everyone will say, you won't get to play anything like it, and to some parts they're true. Cause like for me starting at Nudgy in grade five, I'd watch the first 15 like every Saturday I'd go out and watch them. So it's like to pull on the Jersey in grade 11 and 12 was a dream come true. So for me to be able to go out and play and like knowing that there's grade five boys like me, who's watching me and wanting to do that in their grade 12 year, grade 11 or 12 year was a really big thing. And Especially in grade 11, 12, we were all a very tight-knit bunch. So we were playing with a lot of our mates. And a lot of us from grade 11 were still in the in grade 12. I think there was 12 or 13 of us. Mm. So it made a very good culture in the team. Mm. So it was like everyone was playing for each other. There wasn't like an individual or anyone like that.
1: Yeah. And the crowds and the passion and the tribalism versus sort of other schools seems to be Really evident in Queensland. Did you sort of enjoy playing against and amongst that, uh, and with a big crowd, a big vocal crowd watching?
2: Yeah, for Nudgee, obviously our our like school that we come up against and always want to beat is Terrace because we've got history going back for hundreds of years with mm-hmm. them. And same with like TSS and BBC for us, it's always a big game. So there'll always be people there because everyone just wants to beat like that's what they say, like Nudge a team to beat no matter what. So the crowd will always come and it always just gets, gets you up for the game and it's just really special to play in front of faces because especially coming up to that, like, you'd, in like under 15s and stuff like that, you never really have a crowd. So running out, especially your first time for the first, in front of a lot of people, like I can still remember the moments and I get the chill down my spine. Mm. Uh, but no, it was really cool.
1: I saw the documentary this season that they put together at Nudgee College. That looked like a great culture, and what a great initiative to sort of document everything that happened in those years.
2: Yeah, no, it was really good. I think I remember the cameras turning up on the first day, and we didn't really know too much about it, and they were just following us around. So we we went, we were kind of laughing and stuff about it. But no, nah, to see the final product um, when it came out it was like. I thought they really captured Najee's culture really well. Mm. And the aspects that they showed was really good.
1: So you played your club rugby at Brothers Rugby Club in Queensland from the age of under six right through. So how important do you think club rugby is in the development of players and also just understanding the rugby culture and the community?
2: Yeah, it's obviously a very big part of rugby in general, from from under sixes I'd always stay down and watch the Prems boys or whatever and, like, you'd have a coach that coaches you out at Nudgee or as a little kid at Brothers, um, the Prems boys and reserve grade boys were always coached down. So you'd always go up to watch them the next day or the day before because we'd generally play on Sundays.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so it just, like, gets that culture and the environment of the boys really well shows the young boys like what they can look up to and what they can look forward to in the next couple years and I think that's a really big thing especially Mm -hmm. in the Colts because I know especially last year Brothers was very successful and this year we should have five or six Colts teams I think so I think that's really good and that's come through Brothers being really really well managed and through the junior systems
1: yeah and what do you love specifically about playing rugby union instead of, say, another sport or another code of footy? What do you love about rugby?
2: Uh, the mateship. You're always playing for each other and it's just a team environment, like 24-7. You, can't, you know you can't do it by yourself, so you're always, like, looking to your left and right and you know um, those boys are doing it for the exact same reasons you are. So, yeah, definitely the mateship.
1: Yeah. And listen, at the moment, Rugby Australia is going through at an administrative level, um, some difficulties. You know, everybody's trying to work hard to get the game back on track and this sort of hybrid kind of domestic season is helping getting everyone back out there and playing in difficult circumstances with COVID. Does What's happening at that Rugby Australia level, does that affect you at all and your commitment or your pathway to achieving what you want to achieve? Or is that separate to what you're doing
2: no I don't really worry about it too much because my main um, thing at the moment is I just want to get on the field and play footy Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't really care about what too much what's happening too much up the top I'm just happy to um, get on the field and play footy with the boys because it's what makes me happy and it's why I enjoy footy
1: yeah Well, that's good to hear. And listen, what's the next step for you in terms of your aspirations? I know you're just starting out there and you've just debuted with the Reds. Do you have specific goals for the future of your playing career?
2: Yeah, obviously, later on in the future, I'd love to represent the Wallabies and wear the green and gold. It's been my life goal since I was six years old playing Brothers. I had my Wallabies jersey and I had my name across the back. I still think I have that in my cupboard to the day. So (laughs) if I got the opportunity to wear that green and gold, it would be uh, breathtaking. So that is definitely the ultimate goal, but there's still a lot of stepping stones that I have to go through to get to that point.
1: Mm. Well, I wish you all the best with your career. It's been uh, a wonderful uh, and impressive career so far. You were named, as I mentioned earlier, the Queensland Under-19 Player of the Year last year. You're now playing at the Reds. You're still 18. What a, what a wonderful career so far in rugby. I, I really look forward to seeing what you can do out there. And I do hope that you get to um, that green and gold jersey and to play for the Wallabies in the future. But um, we'll all be looking with great interest in your career in the next few years. And thanks for joining us today, Josh.
2: No, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's
1: a pleasure. Take care.
2: You too.
0: Thank you for joining us at Rugby KO. Any comments or insights, please send to Katrina at RugbyKO.com. For show notes and more about all things rugby, head to our website at www.RugbyKO.com. We look forward to your company for our next episode of Rugby KO.